This is a message from the ministry of the International Baptist Church of Debrecen. For more information about our church, visit ibcdebrecen.com. So the man marveled, saying, What can this be? Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey to him? So, in our first reading, we can see Jesus and the disciple in the boat. And a great storm rise from the sea and the boat begin to move in a, a lot of direction, filling with water. And we can imagine the violence of the wave hitting the boat hull. And the dis disciples started to panic. It was like the big crisis and turned their eye upon Jesus. But Jesus was sleeping. Jesus was really no pressure. Mark 4.38 said, He was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So, Jesus, after wake up, correct the disciple about their faith and rebuke the wind and the sea. And everything began to be calm. But, you know, in the second reading, we can see in this story that the disciple lived. There is a complete allegory that we can discern. A things, as a Christian, we understand because this passage can be applied to whole to life. Because as a Christian here, we experience many storms in the midst of this world. So the question today is how I can be in peace like Jesus in this moment, in this moment of difficulty, because it's one of the most uh, promises God gives to us in John 14. Verse 27, he said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So it's the one of the most important promises God gives to us. So it's mean if God give his peace to us, like Jesus, in the problems and in the difficulty, we can be able to take a nap like Jesus in the boat. I don't know if you ever see this little meme on internet who said, if you have a lot of problems, take a nap like Jesus. So we will see how to be calm in the storm. The important things we can notice in first in this passage is Jesus and the disciple are in the boat and not outside the boat. It's really important to read that and understand that because without this foundation, you cannot have peace in your life. You cannot feel this peace. Or if you feel it, it will be not um, a long-term peace. So what does it mean to be in the boat with Jesus? It means following the Lord and knowing him. 
like a disciple. And every true disciple are in the boat with Jesus. The disciple is a person who believes with all of their heart that what God has done is true. That his son, Jesus, came to earth and he died on the cross for our sin. That his blood was spread on the, the cross to restore the relationship between the Father and between the mankind. It's believe in that Jesus was resurrected on the third day after the crucifixion. It's recognized that Jesus is the Messiah we've been waiting for and that there is no salvation in any other name. Also, it's important to know that to be a disciple means to be born again. It means it's not enough to just following Jesus. Because when Jesus, we, we can have this picture, when Jesus came to earth, a lot of people followed him for different reasons. Some people were here for the food, some people for, were here for the show, for the miracles, but didn't have any roots in Jesus. So, to be a disciple in the boat, you must be born again. It means you put the old man on the cross. You renounce to all your old life, the idols, the sins, and all the things that God hates. That's what Jesus tried to explain to Nicodemus when he talked about being born again. Nicodemus didn't understand it because he looked like the physical things, but it's a spiritual birth. When you are born again, you become a new creature with the old things remain on the cross and your heart make a 180 degrees turn. You will put the Lord Christ at the first place. It will be truly your God. You will follow him and trust him in all circumstances and you will obey to his commandment. That's what symbol is being in the boat with Jesus. The new life in the God's boat, boat testifies to a new work, which is filled with a lot of good fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the whole fruit disappears after this time. And the people around you will notice it. They will see you change by this new life. They will be really astonished that you don't come with them to sin with them. And this change comes with a price. You will, you will lose friends by this act. You will lose family by this act. Because very often, the relationship you maintain with some friends or with some family are not based in the true love. They are based always in something perverted. It can be alcohol, it can be, it can be gossiping, mockery. And when you will see this friend, after being born again, the relationship will be broken because they will not understand why you change so brutally. 
why you don't want to gossip again or be drunk again. So, you have the picture of the pregnant woman when the pregnant woman will be uh, <laughs> when the pregnant woman will give birth it will imply some suffering for the woman and for the baby but for a man who he, who uh, accept jesus and born again it will be the same it will be involve some suffering when a man is born again he is reconciled with god he make the first step of peace he make the peace with the lord and the peace of god is already working through him let's read colossians chapter 1 verse 18 to 23 and he jesus is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the first born from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven having made peace, through the blood of his cross, and you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight, if indeed you continue in faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So when you believe in Christ, when you believe that what God did is true, you start the reconciliation with the Lord. It will be the foundation of your peace. Because you will have the peace of not passing through the judgment of God because you are dead to Christ. We have this peace to be redeemed and reconciled to the Lord by the blood of Jesus. And now, the same Jesus, you will come up in the boat and he will be the captain of the boat. He will rule your life, give the direction and conduct you you are no longer a sheep without shepherd. And this boat will lead you to eternal life and all the blessing the Lord keep for you. Amen? So, now you are in the boat. You take the right decision and you are in the good uh, direction. But you have a responsibility. Your responsibility is to stay in the boat whatever the price stay close from jesus as much as, as possible because as we can see the road can be long and difficult until the eternal life 
there is a thing that a lot of people didn't believe, but me, I believe in it, is you can leave the boat. Someone from, I don't know, nobody can snatch you out from the boat, but you can make this personal decision to don't follow the Lord. One day, Paul declared to Timothy, in 2 Timothy 4, verse 9 to 10, he said to Timothy, Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. I don't know if you know Demas, but Demas was a servant of the Lord. He was a true believer. And he started to serve in mission alongside Paul. But despite of this, he left everything. We don't know exactly the reason why he lived for Thessalonica and uh, left Paul and left the faith. But Paul said he preferred the world than to be here to preach the gospel. Maybe at the beginning, you know, preaching the gospel was easy with no persecution. He was really, he had a lot of zeal. But when the difficulties start, when the persecution, the resistance started, he couldn't stand and left. Or maybe perhaps on the road with Paul, he see the wealth of this world. He see the woman, the perversion. And this call was more stronger then stay with the Lord. So he got off the boat. Demas was seduced by what we called the mermaid song. I don't know if you know about the mermaid mythology, but the mermaid song was to trap the sailor. When the mermaid started to sing the beautiful song, the sailor cannot resist and just left the boat and just uh, threw himself into the water. And when he realized what he did, it was too late because he was in the deadly trap of this sea monster. So the mermaid song is the weapon of Satan. It's exactly what Satan do on every disciple of this boat. And that's how he took Demas. So be watchful and remember every time that Satan is the prince of this world. And he will try to seduce you. He will try to keep your peace. He will try to seduce you with the wealth of this world. He will try to seduce you with the ephemeral pleasure of sin. And also he will try to fill your heart with a lot of fear, of fear of everything. The fear to like, have a lack of wealth, have a, don't have any uh, wife to share your life, anything, he will use it to destroy you. He will make you think that outside the boat, you can find the peace in another way. But it's not true. Sometimes he will try to distract you to make you fall asleep and you will lose also the peace. 
So outside the bot, there is nothing good to us to take in this world under Satan domina uh, domination. Nothing will bring you lasting peace like Jesus can do it. And I remember when I was a young adult, I can share a little bit about my testimony about that. When I was a young adult at the university, I, uh, it was really difficult. I had a lot of work to accomplish and I was really anxious. It was really stressful for me. So uh, when I come home after every day, I just start my computer and playing a lot like six, seven, eight hours sometimes per, per day. And besides that, I consume a lot of pornography every day. But it's because in my heart, there were no peace. And it was so difficult to handle this anxiety, this stressful life, this lack of peace, that I just find a way to flee from it, to flee by virtual things. And after came up the weekend, when my friend just called me to hang up, it was the same ritual. We just heal our problems with alcohol and debauchery. And all of that lead me in a big depression. In all of this, who was promoted by the world, I never find peace. But it's not finished. Because after I make another mistake, I had the misfortune to entering in the sectarian doctrine of Alice Bailey, who is the New Age doctrine. And in the New Age, they promise you to have peace. They say you will practice these things and these things and you will find the peace. But it's not true. Unfortunately for me, I have this misfortune to find really a sectarian New Age. Because you have different um, stairs of new age, like an onion. You have the things really light, and you have the things really deep and sectarian. Me, it was a mixing from oriental religion and witchcraft. So I practiced it for one year. And do you think all of this bring me peace? Absolutely not. In addition of my depression, I opened a wide door for the devils. So my life was a daily suffering. But the good news is, one day, the Lord opened the door to me. I had this chance that the new age don't close the door to Jesus. So they mix everything, and by curiosity, I just put my interest to Jesus. And it touched my heart. And I go before him. I went before him. And I gave my life. I repented from all of my sin. And all of the material, the witchcraft material, the new age material, I renounced for everything and threw everything to the trash. And it was really a true change. <laughs> it was really a true change. Me, before meeting Christ, it was a few hours of sleeping, a lot of suffering, but after, it was like a new birth. I started to sleep and sleep 10 hours, 12 hours per night. 
I recover from a lot of disease. So you can see Satan is the prince of this world, but Jesus is the prince of peace. He is the only, the only man of this earth who can you give peace. Isaiah prophesied a long time ago, and we just read it before in Isaiah 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So whatever lies Satan tell to you, stay in the boat, whatever the price. Because if you stay on the boat, like I said before, nothing can snatch out from the hand of the Lord. You can find these promises in John 10, verse 27 to 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Amen? It's really clear. If you close the door definitively to the devil, nothing will be able to snatch you from Jesus, from the hand of the Lord, and even the death. So, let's continue. Now, there is a thing you need to know, is the storm is a reality. And I think I, uh, you don't learn anything when I say that. But there is storm you cannot avoid. There is some storm in your life, you will never avoid it. You don't have the choice. You need to face to it. You have to get through it. And this storm will make your relationship with the Lord grow. Your trust will grow. And if your relationship with the Lord and your trust grow, the peace of the Lord will grow also in your heart. There are important battles that you must fight with the Lord. And it will strengthen your trust and faith you have in Him. If you remember in your first reading, most of the disciples in the boat were fishermen. So it means there were experienced sailors. Because at this time, the fishermen were in the lake of Galilee. So they knew in their intelligence when they were in the boat with Jesus. When they saw the big storm coming, they knew in their intelligence it was a deadly event, a deadly storm. That's why they just come to the Lord and say, hey, we will die now, just wake up. A Jewish historian, Flavius Joseph, reports that when the storm arrived on the Lake of Galilee, it came suddenly with strong wind. And sometimes some wave can reach the record of six meters. Did you ever go in a boat and sail? Never. Just try to imagine a, a wave of six meters. I don't know how many we have, maybe three meters here or four. 
but it's really, really big. But, you know, despite this, Jesus was sleeping. And they didn't understand that in the first shot. Because, you know, even with their intelligence and their knowledge, it's God who has the last word on every situation happens in your life. Amen? And even he had the last word of your death and of your life. If someone wants to do bad things against you, if someone wants to kill you, the Lord can say no. Remember Paul at Lystra in Acts 14, verse 19 to 20. Then Jew from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitude, They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. So these people, where it was like a crowd, they they would like to kill Paul. They came just to kill him. They tried to kill him. They stoned him. And maybe Paul just fall. And, uh, but they cannot kill him. It was not the will of the Lord. The Lord didn't permit uh, such things. So the Lord have the last word on your life. And on everything happened in your life. You know, we are child of God by faith. We are like Paul. And your life and everything of your life in in the God's hands. What will make all the difference is the level of faith and trust you will place on him. We have a young man here, a student. Maybe you you know him. His name is Kiama. I don't know if you remember what's happened, but uh, he had some uh, financial difficulty and he had some problem with his landlord. And uh, so we prayed about uh, finding a new job and a new place for him. Like uh, for many months, we did that just before the, the Sunday service. And one day, a situation happened. The landlord kicked him out from his place. So he just find a place to live for three days. And after this three days, he had no plan. He had no plan. No, no vision in the future. No friend. No uh, parents to just uh, be in a safe place. Nothing. He had just three days. And He hung up with the Lord. He hung on to the Lord. He continued to pray. And during these three days, before the three days was finished, he found a really good job in Budapest. And until these three days, he just left to Budapest to start a new life. He came two weeks ago, or or last week. We talked about uh, this, what's happened. And he said to me, 
what's happened, this, situ this situation will improve the trust I have in the Lord. That's why you cannot avoid every storm. Amen? The Bible said in Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In this verse, you can understand why you have peace problem. Because it's often a lack of trust in the Lord. We are afraid in all this anxious thought push us to turn in human solution. When it starts this vicious circle of anxious thinking, the fear, it's have exactly the same effect as distraction of this world. They put the Christian asleep to the point to kill the faith. It makes the faith completely sterile. So we must actively reject this and surrender our thought to the Holy Spirit. How we can do that? How in the difficulty we can just surrender any thought to the Holy Spirit? The answer is on Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. It's supernatural. It's a thing we cannot understand. There is the instructions the Lord led to us in the difficult time. Be anxious for nothing. And we know that it's a battle. The uh, passage continues and said, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good, report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praiseworthy, meditate on those things. The things which you learn and receive and heard and saw in him, these do. And the God of peace will be with you and the God of peace will be with you so you have here it's really clear really the explanation is really clear so meditate on those things when the difficulty comes it's a battle it's really difficult to just push away all of these things 
But all of this circle, when the problems come, all of these anxious thoughts, you need to cast them away and meditate on those things. It's renewing his mind. So, when you are in the difficulty, you stop everything. It's always the same battle. The same battle we will go in prayer in the front of the Lord and proclaim what the Lord promised to us. Amen. You come and you say, Satan, go away. Because the Lord said in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the plan I have for you, declared the Lord. Plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and future. I learn it by heart. To have it every time in mind. Because it's what the Lord declares for you. It's the promises for us. Also, another promises in Isaiah 54 verse 17. No weapons formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rise against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So you must fight this battle. You must fight every day. And when you have finished to fight against the devil, when you cast him out and find the peace, present yourself before the Lord, before the throne of the Lord. Because he is the judge of every situation. Come and make your problem known to him. And you will see in this intimate moment you will have with the Lord. The peace that surpasses all understanding will come upon you. You know, by practicing this, practicing this, this battle... By every fight against anxiety, by every time you will fight it, something will start to change in your brain. Your mind will be renewed progressively. And what used to be a storm before will become a little breeze. You will go through storm after storm. Full of confidence. Because you will trust the Lord. You will see, okay, it's not the first time I live a storm like that. The last time I saw the Lord. I saw him. He delivered me. And he will do it again. And by that, you will lose, you will not lose anymore your sleeping. You will start to sleep Like Jesus sleep in the boat during the storm. Amen. Okay. Let's pray. Thanks Lord for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thanks because you are a so good father. And we are now your children. Your children by the blood of Jesus and by what he did by the cross. And now Lord we ask you for the peace for the peace who surpasses all 
understanding. We don't want to use our brain to resolve situation. We don't want to use our wisdom, but we want your wisdom. We want to be full of your spirit and just obey your will. Because we know that if you are here with us, if we are in your presence, everything will be okay. Everything is in your hands. And we trust you, Lord. So please, I pray for this congregation. I pray for these people before me. Please, be the judge in every situation. Whatever the storms they face, give them peace. Give them peace and show them how you love them and how you not left behind your son and your daughter. Thanks for everything. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for lending us your ears and your time today. If your curiosity has been piqued and you'd like to learn more about our church and the work we do, please feel free to visit our website at ibcdebretson.com. Better yet, we warmly invite you to join us in person and experience our community firsthand. We look forward to welcoming you.